everyone. Uh, my name is Ken Lee. I'm an investment director at Binance Labs and your host for today. You are listening to Stories from the Lab, a Binance podcast featuring top crypto founders and investors from around the world, and where you can discover how Binance Labs is building the future of Web3. A quick disclaimer, all opinions expressed by myself and guests on this podcast are individual opinions only. They are not endorsements or opinions made by our companies, and opinions should not be taken as any investment advice. And so joining me today on our show is Kenzie Wong, who is a co-founder of Siri Network, which provides decentralized cloud storage and other infrastructure services across blockchain networks. Kenzie is also an alum of the Binance Labs incubation program and an active investor across many segments of crypto. Kenzie, my man, it's very good to see you and thank you so much for joining. Hey, buddy. It's really good to see you, Ken, and uh, great to be here. Awesome. So let's just kick off, Kenzie. I think our audience would love to just hear a quick background on yourself and your career so far in Web3. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so I'm a, a founder, um, you know, in the Web2 space first, uh, turned operator, and then, you know, into the Web3 space um, that way. Um, so I, I started my career in Silicon Valley, uh, founding um, a um, Martech company uh, that's you know in in the in San Francisco around 2014-15 um, and raised Series A B from some really big VCs, um, including New Enterprise Associates, which is one of the largest VCs at the time. Um, exited the company and then joined Hobby and ran uh, Hobby's exchange operations uh, and also Corp Dev and listing department. And then uh, I joined Binance Labs Incubation in 2019 and uh, I founded Siri Network. And uh, yeah, the rest of history. That's kind of the short gist about me from Web2 to Web3. Awesome. Um, and tell us more about Siri Network and specifically how, you know, even back in 2018, 2019, your team was really able to align on data cloud services um, as one of the problems to solve. Yeah, so Siri is uh, um, Amazon Web Services for Web3. Um, so the vision has always been uh, uh, providing infrastructure, um, data-related services, whether it's storage or um, interoperability across different blockchain networks. Um, you know, the, um, the journey started in 2019 at Binance Labs Incubation Batch 2, uh, where we were... I'm very lucky to be uh, also batchmates with, you know, some of the biggest, you know, wins out of the Binance program, which back in the day was called Matic, and now it's uh, Polygon. Um, and really, you know, Siri over the years has grown, um, you know, from the, the bear market 2019 was just two guys, me and my co-founder, Fred, um, who was a Silicon Valley vet, a veteran Web2 guy, turned me into Web3 through a Siri and now, uh, fast forward a couple of years, um, you know, we're at 60 people, and we've raised multiple rounds of financing, you know, led by Binance Labs, Arrington Capital, um, Kinetic Capital, some really great backers, um, and um, have offices um, both in Europe and also in the U.S. Um, and the multitude of customers across the board. Um, so really grateful for the journey, especially we started in bear market. 
and kind of seeing a lot of uh, um, ups and downs over the, over the last couple of years. Yeah, you, we were talking about that before and, and you mentioned, you know, kind of the bear market being one of the biggest challenges that you all had to face. Uh, maybe tell me a little bit more about that. What was it like to be a founding team in the middle of the bear market? Oh, it's tough, man. I think it's a lot of it's uh, psychological um, and just, you know, it's uh, it's it's uh, it's not only a, uh, uh, you know, a grind um, physically and also just, you know, mental mentally, um, you know, uh, kind of having to uh, to to endure, you know, a, a very lethargic market and um, and also seeing some of the people that you were uh, working with, you know, leaving the industry, you know, uh, as a whole. And it's kind of a, um, a discouraging at times, but, um, you know, we, we kept building and, um, and that's probably the most important thing, you know, as I did uh, my last, you know, startup, the Web2 one, I, you know, learned the most important thing about doing a startup is uh, the perseverance. That's, you know, across the board, the same between Web2 and Web3 companies. Um, I think bear market, in a way, it's also a very good uh, training ground for that thought process. Um, you know, a lot of founders now that just got into Web3, you know, recently hasn't really gone through that, you know, psychological, um, you know, sort of a cycle yet. And we did that. So uh, in a way, it's also a mental dojo that got us ready for whatever is coming up next, you know, because there's been the talks of uh, correction. Um, and, um, you know, we're seeing some signs of that now again, but in a way for us, we're ready for it because we went through um, very low burn and having to hire, you know, devs. And, uh, you know, one way we did that um, to overcome the um, hiring, um, and also cutting the cost side of things was to play the, you know, the, uh, the Europe, um, you know, the sort of, uh, uh, you know, a cheaper labor and also, you know, different talent sort of uh, outsourcing game. Uh, we consciously made that decision very early on because we know that to build Siri, which is an infra project, we, it would require a lot of developer talents. So we, uh, we consciously decided to, you know, take a trip to, uh, to uh, East Europe, Eastern Europe and, uh, and start to, uh, started recruiting uh, developers in, in those regions fairly heavily overall, which in a way also paid off uh, greatly because um, we had been building a remote-based company to begin even, you know, as early as 2019. So when COVID hit, it wasn't actually a big deal for us because um, we built our company with that in mind anyways. So it's been uh, fairly decentralized, um, both from a culture as well as execution standpoint for Siri. And uh, we were able to manage our burn, um, which you know it, it has been a big problem for a lot of the uh, the high burn, high raise companies that we saw that failed in the last cycle. Um, you know, I, I think that's something that uh, we knew how to manage, which we are bringing that with us again, 
in this uh, uh, current cycle, uh, in case something happens, in case a correction really happens. Yeah, absolutely. And and what you mentioned around kind of the internationalization of your team, I definitely want to want to get to and talk about. But I, I think first, just kind of take us in that. I like how you call it a mental dojo with you guys in, in 2018, 2019. I guess as a team at that point, what did you guys envision kind of the Siri product um, and evolution to be? And, and what were pivots or kind of big changes that you guys had to make along that journey um, to get to where you are today? Totally. Um, we were very lucky that uh, both my co-founder and I had enterprise experience. Um, I had run a, um, a enterprise tech company in Silicon Valley where we had a BD sales team that dealt with large Fortune 500 companies. And Fred, my co-founder, you know, had been through multiple big exits in Silicon Valley that are also uh, quite enterprisey um, with a, a BD arm. So through through uh, very quick, fairly quickly early on, we were able to secure some very large customers, and some of them were Fortune 500 customers, which in a way it really strengthened our vision on that path to um, uh, solve the data problem for Web3. And uh, you know, over the years, um, we did expand on that vision. Um, and very fortunately, what happened last year, uh, last couple of years is the NFT boom, which in a way also uh, expanded our vision. Um, so in addition to serving um, data infrastructure um, for enterprise companies um, from the Web2 side, we're also now working with a variety, a range of customers or BD partners on the NFT side. Um, so NFT really kind of became a bridge um, for um, you know customer data, which also you know we can now bring to our you know previous Web2 customers as well. Um, and it's it's a really great expansion of our product line. Um, so that's yeah, that's kind of the uh, you know a surprise how NFT boom happened um, so fast. We didn't anticipate that, but it also helped our you know, our use case as well. Is that we're now seeing so many more things can be done, you know, on um, on the uh, on the data side through NFTs. Yeah, super fascinating. And I think I guess both I guess for the Web2 companies that you guys service, as well as sort of the Web3 companies, what's what's your sort of sales pitch or elevator pitch for why Siri versus you know, kind of a more centralized cloud provider? Um, and, and I guess maybe kind of the following question to that is, you know, do you see yourselves as kind of taking market share from the AWSs and Google Clouds of the world, or, or do you see kind of Web3 cloud as really growing the TAM of what existing cloud services is, or what we think of as as existing Web two cloud services. Yeah, totally. Our pitch to them, as always, being is cheaper. Uh, it's more decentralized, which is also more secure. And also another big addition, you know, with the tech that we're building, is that it really offers uh, interoperability. Uh, you know, that can add to a variety of data um, that you can gather on your customers. 
Um, so uh, two things that's been um, really great, um, uh, that the really great, uh, you know, sort of the, the, the sales points that, um, um, that customers, enterprise customers uh, really get is a notion of first party data. Um, okay. Because, um, you know, for a long time in the Web2 space, um, data is being, you know, walled off by these walled gardens of uh, Google, Apple, you know, Facebook. And these enterprise companies are very conscious of trying to build up their own um, database, but they haven't been able to do so because they have to go through so-called third-party data. So through, you know, Siri, um, which is a decentralized data cloud, they're actually able to collect customer data directly um, through first-party data. And with that, that's very powerful because then you can actually do um, partnerships a lot, a lot more easily with other, uh, other partners in maybe a completely different uh, sector. So that's a, a very, very strong uh, a value proposition for them. And they also get to engage with our customers you know, um, you know, through additional analytics um, in, in a much more, uh, in a much more comprehensive way than without this first party data. Got it. Cool. And, and, and I guess, how do you guys think about yourselves and kind of your access to the market relative to the AWSs or the Googles of the world? Um, right now we see that continuing to work with our enterprise customers at developing features that's not uh, possible on web two, um, through our web three tech, you know, that's, uh, uh, um, you know, going deeper, um, building more product lines that can serve them better is one route. Another, um, area that, you know, we're very excited about it's, uh, working with uh, web three companies, uh, on NFT, you know, both storage and also, uh, accessing of, uh, NFT data. Uh, and that's something that we are consciously making a lot of, uh, uh, efforts in. We've done mm -hmm. um, 75 partnerships already. Um, we have a, a fairly um, well thought of ecosystem team that are, you know, solely focusing on getting NFT partnerships integrations and also uh, developing products with them. And there's been, uh, um, you know, multiple, um, you know, really exciting requests from, uh, from these projects that they want to use our tech uh, also uh, to spin out new um, new tech as well with us. Um, so which can actually on its own become ecosystem projects. So we're seeing very promising signs of, uh, um, of other, uh, other projects building with Siri, not just on Siri, but also with Siri and to produce new uh, ecosystem projects out of it. Nice, um, super fascinating traction. Um, I think, you know, that brings up kind of a, a, a common point that, that gets talked a lot about in our industry, which is, you know, one of the one of the big critiques for many crypto projects is, you know, very promising technology, great marketing, sometimes even a great community um, being built, but ultimately failing at building a substantive business um, that either has sustainable revenue in the traditional sense, paying customers or a sustainable token economy. So maybe, I guess, for especially for all the founders out there, tell us more about how Siri was able to both grow its product suite 
as well as its customer base, um, kind of given both your experience and also sort of many of the challenges that you guys had to go through? Uh, we had to go through a lot. And this is a, uh, you know, a, a uh, uh, it's also just because of the timing of everything. You know, back in 2019, um, the notion of crypto and blockchain was just so negative. You know, when we go to the enterprise brands, and sometimes we have to even hide um, that this is actually powered by blockchain. And focusing on the functionalities instead of the fact that it's actually on the blockchain, just because it raised red flags sometimes. Mm. Um, but um, ultimately, I think it's, uh, a, it's really a, a function of two things. One is your product differentiation. Um, so you need to kind of know where your product stands in the crypto space, in the, in the blockchain you know, sphere. Um, and often, you know, especially in an NFT space that I'm seeing, is that it seems like for every value proposition, there are 10 copycats. So you really need to kind of figure out where you stand in the sector that you're in. And you know, fortunately for Siri, it's very hard to build things in our space. Data infrastructure is you know, quite a, um, a, a you know, innovative concept that requires not only um, tech building as well as you know, some BD chops on acquiring customers and rapidly build products with them. Um, and um, so, you know, in our space, it's uh, it's less competitive. But you know, I see like 20 NFT loans, um, mm. you know, derivative products out there, and they all have to compete with each other. So number one is that you have to kind of have a very clear value proposition and differentiation on which which war you're fighting. Otherwise, you're fighting you know against 20 other you know players in the space. Secondly, is that I think culturally, you know. Um, there needs to be a, the, the ecosystem play sort of, uh, um, you know, culture um, that's, uh, uh, that's uh, ingrained within the team. Um, so, uh, and that's something that we learned from uh, the Polygon team, you know, is that we saw how they, um, you know, really grew that ecosystem effort. And they have their ecosystem team, one of the best BD teams out there just mm. were able to, you know, um, persevere through so much competition from other, you know, more well-funded uh, chains and were able to acquire customers. And because they have focus, you know, they know back in the day, games, you know, that's a, a pin, massive pinpoints. So really went after games, really, you know, just pounded on that, you know, pinpoint with, a lot of effort on building up their ecosystem team and building up partners. Same thing here, you know, we built our ecosystem team, you know, which, you know, I'm a, a big part of, and uh, we're driving a ton of effort and you know, for building up our own ecosystem as well. So I think, and that's also a major difference between Web 2 and Web 3, mm. is that Web 2, you're almost always kind of, you know, doing this one-on-one, -on -one, relationship with all your customers whereas in web3 you know you you want to have a, a, a ecosystem play where you want you know this this ecosystem to foster from the network effect um, and and that's uh, that's that's you know my learning and also my suggestion for the founders as well is to think about it as you know how do we build an ecosystem together 
with other projects, um, what would it look like, you know, two, three years down the line? Yeah, very cool. Yeah, and, and I think what you bring up about ecosystems is, is really interesting. Uh, and, and now, you know, kind of um, just on a, on a generic level, like most people look at our industry and, and look at all of the different L1 and L2 blockchains. Um, sometimes they're called nation states, but what they really are are, are really kind of large collaborative um, ecosystems. I think maybe one question specific for you guys in Siri is, you know, how did you decide who to partner with? Um, you know, I know that you guys are super closely integrated with Polkadot, Polygon ecosystems. Um, how did you guys arrive at that decision? And, and how transformative or important has it been for you guys in terms of growth and partnership? Yeah, for sure. You know, um, I'll cover the second question first and then go to the first one. Sure. Uh, you know, for us to pick the chains that we're on, I think, you know, for all the companies to pick a chain they're on, it's really, you know, timing of the technology. At the time that we were in, at that time, we were very focused on interoperability. And that's also one of the uh, main uh, pink pitch point that we presented to brands is how do you uh, interoperably, you know, collaborate with other brands. And um, so naturally, you know, at that time, um, the most interoperable chain, you know, was Polkadot. And uh, so that's why our main chain is on Substrate. Um, but as time, you know, fast forward, um, you know, a, a couple of years later, um, you know, our objective has also, you know, sort of um, really now focusing on more on adoption. Mm. And so we looked at other chains out there, you know, which chains are um, enabling fast and cheap, uh, you know, scalable um, adoption, and that's Polygon. And also really helps that we went through incubation with the Matic guys. We knew them from, you know, day one. And we kind of saw how they've scaled over the, the years. Um, and um, we, you know, we really want to build up our ecosystem as, you know, fast as possible. And we felt like, you know, given, you know, the tightness of relationship there, both, you know, incubated by Binance at the same time, and also, um, there's really good amount of crossover, and also a good amount of, uh, um, you know, interoperability between these two, you know, companies in a way that mm -hmm. you know we quickly decided that, um, yeah, we want to enable our NFT play uh, on Polygon, and that's also uh, the reason why we decided to do a joint venture with them. Is because they're also really excited about the potential of working together because Polygon needs a data layer, and we can provide that. So uh, I think the short answer for your question is it really depends on the moment, what tech is available, and okay. also it's highly customized as to what your app does um, and what is your top uh, priority at the moment. Um, for your first part of the, you know, the, uh, what did you call it? nation? Nation states. Uh, nation states, yeah. Nation states. Nation states. I think it's a um, it's a double-edged sword. Uh, on the on the positive side, I really think that it uh, it promotes uh, healthy competition. And when you have competition in the market, the companies are the customers, and the customers they get the benefits. So they get uh, um, get more funding because there's all of a sudden now these 
grants and also investment that's uh, that's coming out of these different chains, fighting for companies to lure them into building on on these chains. Sure. So in a way, it's it's a uh, it creates a healthy competition for better funding opportunities. Um, but the flip side of it is that it, 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 you know, some chains are offering so much money to just get companies to build on them. And once they are then, you know, actually, you know, building on those chains, you know, not necessarily saying that, you know, decision should always be aligned with money. And that funding actually may push the companies to make the wrong decision. Um, because, you know, the, the switching costs can be pretty high once you're on a different chain. So, um, um, so I, I hope, you know, chains are, you know, are able to collaborate because I, I believe in the multi-chain kind of future. And, um, yeah, I hope, I hope the, uh, um, I hope that, you know, this, this, uh, uh, this chains can, uh, um, um, collaborate more together and, uh, and and uh, and reduce that, you know, unhealthy competition side of the, you know, the, the cons there. Yeah, no, it's. I think, I think that's it's a it's a nice sentiment. I think most of the industry does kind of align and agree. Um, uh, but I guess you know, kind of maybe kind of taking a bit more of a macro view, it's generally well accepted that uh, sort of there will be a multi-chain future, right? Um, uh, I guess the question is like, is it five blockchains? Is it ten blockchains? Is it more than? Uh, kind of 20 plus, um, uh, maybe we'd love to get your perspective. Where do you see these kind of quote unquote layer one, layer two wars going? Um, and what do you see as kind of the steady state between the relationship between various chains and founders and then also between the chains themselves? Oh man, that's a, a massive question. You know, <laughs> this is, uh, um, I'm not making it easy for you. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's very hard to say. You know, I think from a, um, you know, sort of a, um, networking fact, you know, a standpoint, um, you know, typically it's winner takes all, right? You know, I think, um, I think it'll be multi-chain for different purposes, maybe for enterprise, for games, for, you know, this and that, there will be different uh, specialty chains, but I think you know, there will be a major chain or, or two, you know, there will be, you know, a Microsoft or um, there will be a, uh, a, um, a Apple, you know, there will be like, you know, these, you know, two or three major players that really win most of the market share. And I think we're so early right now. I don't even think that we're in the operating system stage yet for blockchain. I think we're in like the DOS stage in blockchain. So a lot of this can change very rapidly. You know, uh, it depends on many different factors. Um, so, yeah, general feeling from my side is uh, it's very hard to say, but uh, but I think two or three major chains and uh, a bunch of you know specialty chains, um, and they all talk to each other. That's uh, right. That's that's kind of my my sort of future down the line. Yeah, excited to see where, where the journey goes. Um, cool. So I th I think you know what one thing that you've talked a little about and it's it's very both heartwarming and also very cool to hear about is kind of 
you know, you getting to know Sandeep and the Polygon team via incubation way back in the day, um, and way back in the day, just being a few years ago, 2018, 2019. Yeah, I feel um, like, like, it felt like, yeah, it really felt like a while back, but um, it's actually not too long ago. It felt like, yeah. Yeah, I think crypto year is like 10x, right? So <laughs> it felt like a long time ago, but it's only, uh, you know, just um, two and a half or three years ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's what that's what they say the crypto dog years. <laughs> yes. um, but I think I think as as I, I think especially as buying slabs, it'd be great just to hear kind of your perspective looking back, you know, 2022, looking backwards on what the buying slabs incubation experience was like. Um, and you know, also good timing because we're we're in the process of actually finalizing our season four for the incubation as we speak. Yeah, Binance uh, Labs incubation was was great for us. It was a inflection point in uh, uh, the company, um, uh, you know, trajectory. Um, it really put us in the map. Um, you know, once it's announced, we there's just you know hundreds of inbounds, you know, at the time, even when it was 2019, you know, investors are totally risk off, but still we got a lot of attention for what we're doing. Um, the mentors, the network is great. You know, we, um, we have our own private groups. Um, you know, I feel like we should turn that into a DAO at some point and have it NFT gated. <laughs> In some way in the future, um, but it's a, it's a very tight knit uh, network, and uh, you know people help each other, and I you know was I'm very grateful that I got to know uh, so many great you know folks along the way uh, in the Binance family, um, you know also you know huge props to um, Sandeep and Matic team just um, really went through the grind and uh, turned impossible to possible. You know, at the time, there was only one India startup and no VC believed in them. Uh, Binance took a chance on them um, and, um, and, uh, and they were able to you know, just go through so much ups and downs and now they have uh, you know, so many apps, 6,000 I heard last time, I, you know, uh, apps building on the, on the ecosystem. Amazing. Just very, uh, um, very cool to actually, you know, to be knowing them when they were um, um, fresh off the boat, you know, <laughs> you know, in uh, in San Francisco with us, and uh, and and, uh, and and still uh, still staying humble, and really taught us a lot too is uh, the notion of staying humble, and, uh, and 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 really really still focusing on grinding. And the world okay with that, you know. We 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 saw how they scaled, uh, in a way also taught us, you know, how to kind of replicate their playbook and stay humble, keep the burn low, and rapidly scale ecosystem. So um, for us, I think, um, you know, the, the the best the best part of it is the you know the it's it's not only the mentor but also but also the peer coaching part of things because uh, they really are with you at the same time and the companies are roughly around the same stage and uh, there's a good amount of peer coaching, peer learning, sharing resources um, 
not just you know only through the duration of incubation, but also going way beyond that. And Siri and Matic kind of grew up together, and did a lot of things over the years together as well. And same as you know us, and also many 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 other finance incubation projects. We did partnership with Harmony. We did partnership with Marlin. We did partnership with a ton of other finance projects. And uh, it's um, it's very easy to do because they see you as finance, you know, alum, and uh, they want to help you. And same thing, when I see finance incubation batch three, I want to help them, you know. Yeah. And I want to invest in them, you know, and I want to see them successful. I want to see another Matic coming out of batch three, and uh, I'm sending projects to batch four as well. You know, I want to see the batch four also have good companies, you know, so I feel like it's part of the origin. I don't want to forget the origin, right? Because nobody should. That's where we came from. And that was, you know, kind of the uh, initial inflection point for us. So, you know, we really think it's a, it's a great thing to do. Um, and uh, yeah, very, uh, very excited about your, your new season. Yeah, and, and thank you for the support, both for season three and season four. It's been it's been pretty amazing. Um, a lot of what you mentioned just now, I think, touches on on one of the things you brought up at the very beginning of the conversation, which is just like how international, kind of number one, your team specifically is, and then and then number two, your partners, right? Uh, Polygon is in Dubai, um, for example, while you're predominantly based in New York. So I think maybe two questions here is number one, just how have you managed international collaboration? Um, and then second is, you know, where do you see the so-called globalization of blockchain moving? Because it seems to be moving way faster than any traditional tech sector before in terms of just the international adoption and collaboration between different projects. Yeah, I love it. You know, I think this is one of the reasons why I, you know, shifted from Web 2 to Web 3 uh, very quickly and never looked back mm -hmm. is the notion of a globalization and uh, and also i think you know in crypto the um one of the things i really like about it is that your peers the the folks in crypto are generally fairly well tra well traveled and fairly you know uh fairly open-minded and just very open to remote working and um um you know i i think this is uh this is where um where it's also very uh, um very true that you know I think crypto benefited a lot uh, from uh, um, uh, from the COVID. I think COVID is um, you know is uh, you know such a um, a black swan event where um, crypto in general benefited a lot because crypto already have this remote you know uh, working uh, culture and uh, you know companies rapidly grew. Um, even during the time of, you know, this this uh, uh, huge correction, and um, um, yeah, I, I think you know, I think crypto Web three in general is just so forward looking, and uh, and COVID itself it really helped um, you know both Web two and Web three to um, to be uh, pulled forward at least five years, I think. Even more so for 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 crypto, because of um, um, because just the tax the tax is you know in general very composable. So composability of uh, of of uh, 
crypto tech, um, the network effect there is just tremendous. It's 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 uh, the the amount of time for Web three to mature is going to be a lot faster than Web two uh, maturing. Um, so uh, to answer your question, um, we manage international collaborations um, very very you know easily as you know for Siri it's part of our culture from yep. go because also because we just didn't have a lot of funding you know we we did you know 2019 funding round even though it's super 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 oversubscribed but you know we were told to not raise too much money and actually it's a good thing because I think a company it's almost like wine you need to kind of go through a bit of pain to <laughs> uh, to have more flavor and uh, you know we we were forced to you know move headquarter and also you know hire a lot of folks overseas in order to cut the, the burn down we always you know have this mentality of you know grinding and we see you know our back in the batch made of the polygon also the same thing you know they didn't raise a ton of money and they need to constantly just keep grinding and um, so international collaboration is a part of DNA for Siri and uh, we want to uh, we want to scale that and uh, you know we, we we also do a lot of uh, um, team building uh, mm. as well I think that's also a really big part of uh, how you can gel better is I think although remote working offers a lot of flexibility, a lot of scalability, um, but at the same time, it's also important to have once a quarter get together and meet each other and uh, have um, longer uh, team sessions together in person. And uh, that would really clear your vision and also uh, you know, help, help, uh, help with bonding as well. And, and secondly, is, um, is uh, what you said about this globalization of blockchain, that's just by default. I think blockchain yeah. is a decentralized tech. It's a global phenomenon. Um, as soon as it happens in Asia, it's already in the US. And um, and I think that's going to, you know, that's, um, uh, it, it's by design to be way faster than what we've seen in Web2. And that's also, why it's so tiring, you know, I have to say that it's, it's sure. very, it's, yeah, the good thing about crypto is that's really fast moving, but the bad part about it is that you're so tired because there's so many things going on and, and uh, it's exciting, but also, you know, it, it could get a little bit overwhelming at times, especially for the, for the newcomers. A lot of, uh, a lot of midnight calls followed by 6am, 7am calls, right? Well, there you go. You, you kind of have to work the uh, two different shifts. That's what I, that's what I did at Huawei. I had to work U.S. in the daytime and then nighttime, you know, Asia shift. Yeah, crypto crypto never sleeps. Um, exactly, exactly. Cool. Well, Kenzie, you know, really appreciate all, all these perspectives. Super interesting. Just amazing just to actually hear the story end to end. Um, I think maybe just kind of last question is sort of, your perspective, 100-foot view, what's your vision for Siri over the next five years? And, and for those listening in the audience who want to 
get involved or learn more, um, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Yeah, totally. You know, our vision has always been the same. Um, it's, you know, Amazon Web Services for uh, Web3. Um, we, we, we want to uh, grow our ecosystem. We want to capture a lot of value and accrue a lot of value through our technology and also uh, ecosystem products that's come out of te our technology. We're a firm believer in, you know, as, you know, um, the adoption come, a lot of enterprises will get more into the space, you know, both in the data space and also in NFT and also the cross intersection of NFT and also data to uh, be able to have better consumer engagements. So we want to grow more partnerships. We want to build more ecosystem projects. We want to have a lot of traction, you know, both with traditional enterprises as well as with, um, you know, other blockchain companies in general. Um, and uh, two things we're looking for as Siri. Number one is that, you know, we always need more devs. You know, I think that's the number one common, you know, um, demand, you know, in, in the crypto space is need more devs. So really, really good devs referrals would be uh, much, much appreciated. And, uh, and secondly, is just more, um, you know, connections and referrals to great um, NFT projects. That's one area that we're really doubling down right now um, because NFT also is the future of data as well. We believe in the future, you know, all of these GameFi and um, play, PlayFi, you know, SportsFi, whatever it is, you know, all these would be in the form of NFT and contain data. And uh, we also believe that the brands would want that data as well, because it also you know, forms a one-to-one -one relationship, um, this first-party data with our customer base. So we want to empower and be a part of that, you know, the fabric of that enterprisation, you know, in the, yeah, that, that process of, uh, you know, the, the data um, evolution for the big brands. So, yeah, so these are the two uh, small asks. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely send send some people and some NFTs over your way. Um, but Kenzie, on, on behalf of Binance, yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, really, really appreciated your perspectives um, and hearing your story. And to our audience, uh, thank you for joining our show today um, and listening to stories from the lab. And to get in touch with Binance Labs, uh, please shoot us an email at any time. It's labs at binance.com. And then we are also on Twitter at Binance Labs. Mm -hmm.